Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Today's podcast is about the common sense, the practical uh, use and experience of needs, the benefit of being needy. The very thing that we don't want to experience in our lives, neediness, is the very thing that can set us free to live the fullest life possible. If you're struggling today with great heartache or fear, I'm really sorry. If you are experiencing great celebration and joy, some some wonderful victory or a time of great peacefulness in your life, I'm thrilled. And yet every single person who lives is going to wind up being in one of those camps at different times. Every one of us on some level, based upon the internal internal experience of life, is going to experience the, the whole life if we will let ourselves. And we are created for it. We're created to live between one and ten, to be able to grieve deeply and be able to celebrate greatly. People who miss their lives or don't end up having the lives that they maybe look back and regret or never even recognize that they missed, but the people who wish to love them will know it. They were not able to grieve all the way up to celebration or celebrate and let themselves go into grief. They kept their lives sort of between five and five or trying between four and six and letting instead of letting themselves trust living the fullest relational life and the fullest creative life and the fullest loving life that they possibly could have. So today is just about the common sense of needs, of, of doing this dastardly experience that we've been trained to avoid at all costs is to, to be needy. And this podcast is about being good at being needy and the practicality of, of being in need and the reality that the most courageous people are, frankly put, the neediest people. And the people who run from facing that they have needs are often, mm, frankly put, uh, maybe perhaps the most dangerous people on a relational level related to that they will take from you and offer really nothing back except maybe a payment for something that uh, ends up uh, making you a commodity. So today is the common sense of needs. And in 2015, I believe it was that year, I put out a book called The Needs of the Heart. And it's a very simple book that speaks to how we're created to, to be in need. And it describes the specific needs, the basic specific needs of a human being. And they are, beyond biology, all practical and they're all relational. And it's a very well-written book, and it's a very well-edited book. In fact, it's well-written because it's so well-edited, not by me. But people have commented that it's just marvelously simple and basic and usable, and yet it's not very popular. And um, it's, it, it, and it's, it's not just not popular because of me. I think I dare to go ahead and say that I think it's not popular or not uh, sort of like snatched up by a lot of people because it exposes our condition as unavoidably and inescapably in need. And a lot of us just don't want to have to face reality 
and then take the truth in reality and trust that there's a benefit in facing this awkward position that we're in. I think that we're ashamed of being in need. Um, often taught that that if a person has a need and their need is renders them vulnerable, that it makes them inadequate, incompetent, rejectable, disgusting, and pathetic, which is more about your upbringing than it is about the truth. But a lot of us are just ashamed of admitting our our needs, even if we know them. Secondly, I think the book was uh, not very popular because uh, people don't like the reality of not being in control of how we are created. The reality is that we're not, we are actually powerless over how we're created. And we often end up using our willpower to stop the admission or confession of our feelings and needs because of what we fear and been trained to fear will happen if we put ourselves in a position of vulnerability. So one, we're ashamed very often of the fact that we do have needs, and then we just don't like the reality that we are actually birthed powerless, and we live in a world over which we're powerless, so our condition is actually vulnerable, and we'll do whatever we need to do, uh, to have to do, to avoid our actual position in creation. The third thing, I think, is that we're just simply in denial of our condition. We we become very proud of a thing called self-sufficiency, and I definitely support the ability to be competent and to live well and be capable of multitudes of skills. But denial is really a defense that I've done a podcast on that robs us of the six freedoms of how we're born to live. But denial of our needs is actually blinding ourselves to seeing how life really works and how we're created so that we won't have feelings, the eight feelings related to the voice of the heart. And then seeing and feeling takes us to being in need. Like if somebody uh, says something very cruel to me and it, it, I end up feeling hurt, well, that puts me in a need for healing from the wound that I've experienced. And that need of healing, it makes me vulnerable, puts me in a position of reaching out, and I need to reach out. Otherwise, I could sort of sort of uh, emotionally bleed and uh, need help with uh, stopping the bleed so that if I don't see it and feel it, I'll wind up not recognizing that my need, but the need puts me in a place of vulnerability, and most of us just want to live in denial about our condition that forces us to have to reach out to others in God to uh, help us in our condition, the condition of life. And the condition of life is that we're on earth and there's no cure for that. That does not eradicate the gospel. The gospel is a the good news that came to uh, deliver us from the enslavement that can occur when we don't join uh, with others in God to walk the path of this life of struggle. So we're on earth and there's no cure for that. But like going back to, we do have Emmanuel, God with us amidst the struggle, but it is not a God rescues us from experiencing the struggle. We all get to develop the ability to celebrate and also the ability to grieve and we all are capable of developing the ability to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
knowing that the skills, the rod, the staff, the gifts that we've been given can uh, assist us on the path and keep us strong in the midst of that. So we often are ashamed of being in need. We don't like the reality of not being in control. We're often in denial of our condition. Or many of us are just simply trained to ignore the lives we could have to keep our lives sort of small. Survival's the point, not thriving. We uh, cling to the uh, uh, bird in the hand rather than risking reaching for the two in the bush. Because the two in the bush, reality is, can fly away. We wind up with nothing. So um, it's not about being needy. It's not about foolishness. But it is about taking the risk of trusting that there's more than we can produce on our own. So a lot of us struggle with being ashamed or uh, just don't like the reality of facing our condition of powerlessness over how we're created and life puts us in a position of needing help. We, we're in denial about our condition as actually needy creatures, or we just, we're just ignorant. We practiced ignoring what's going on 18 inches below our foreheads almost all of our lives, or it's a combination of those four things. But even so, facing our needs just makes uh, common sense. Even so, regardless of what keeps us from our needs or facing our needs or admitting our needs— Having needs and uh, facing them just makes common sense, and there is a great benefit in doing it. The predominant needs after food, water, shelter, and clothing are all relational. The 14 needs that I describe in the, in the needs of the heart, they're all relational. Therefore, you can see what the struggle is. If we could meet them on our own, I think we would see ourselves as better off, but they all put us in a position of reaching towards others in God to find the fulfillment we seek. So beyond um, the food, water, shelter, and clothing, which many of us can do on our own without realizing it's a great, gigantic cooperative effort for all of us sharing, but having needs does make us needy. And that reality is just simply reality. And the predominant needs after food, water, shelter, and clothing, as I repeat, are relational. It just makes sense that we admit and cultivate uh, sort of a living in the reality of our condition. It just makes sense. It's common sense to get get on with living how we are created instead of attempting to manufacture a, a human that doesn't exist. People who will not admit their own neediness, who don't have humility and the compassion that uh, springs from it. And what I mean by humility, let me let me back up just a bit. Healthy shame recognizes that we all make mistakes. I make mistakes and so do you. So we're all works in progress. That's healthy shame. So we all need each other. It, healthy shame allows us to say, you know, I don't have all the answers and you don't either. I have some, you have some. So by us sharing what we do know together, we may can come up with something more than what we had before. Healthy shame allows us to say, I'm not God and you aren't either. So Let's stop trying to be gods and let us face that we're in need of God. And then healthy shame also allows us to recognize and look at each other and say, I need you and you need me. This condition of humility allows us to recognize that we're, we're basically all in the same boat. 
that we are a ship of fellows, so to speak, and that we need to take ownership of our own abilities and take ownership of, of also what we need to fulfill our abilities. And so this, this uh, healthy shame, people who will not admit their own neediness, who don't have the humility of healthy shame, they also will often lack the compassion that springs from it because they do not recognize themselves in other people and they do not have the memory of how others have helped them. And so therefore they can recognize the need to help someone else. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. So people who don't admit their neediness in relationship, they're more like vampires. They just sort of suck the life out of others through manipulation and seduction instead of honesty, being honest. Or they're like werewolves. They sort of savage others with their bullying and control and demands and expectations. So they render other people vulnerable and um, uh, to keep themselves from having to admit that they're human. We need to avoid those people as much as possible. Or evangelize them, so to speak. In other words, be strong enough to say that I'm living this way, you're living this way, I'm not going to live like you. And therefore, if you want to live the way I'm living, then this is what it requires. So being in relationship with vampires and werewolves is impossible. It requires uh, lots of shame and contempt towards oneself and lots of denial or ignorance to be able to survive living with people who don't know what their needs are. And I recommend that being in relationship with real humans, the ones who are not better or worse than other humans, I recommend that we live in the reality of how we're created with other humans who live in the reality of how they are created, how you are created, how we are created. So much energy gets wasted in denial and ignorance and shame and just rejection of our condition. So much energy gets wasted uh, when we don't face how we're made to the need uh, to need for our own benefit so we can in turn understand and care for others' needs. Remember that you and I cannot give what we do not have. If If I don't care about myself enough to admit my own needs, I cannot care about others' needs. If you don't care about you enough to admit your own needs, you cannot care about others' needs, not genuinely. No one is above having relational needs. No one, not one of us. Needs the man that we live in relationship if we're going to thrive. Not just survive, but thrive. If we're going to be able to live between one and ten, to be able to grieve deeply the losses because we were attached and, and, and whatever we lost mattered to us and celebrate the gatherings and celebrate the connections and celebrate the, the wonders and gifts that we receive in life, the accomplishments that we have to live between one and 10 is, is thriving. Survival is trying to keep your life so tight that you're not affected by it. So needs the man that we live in relationship if we're going to thrive by, by one, facing ourselves and our own needs. One, facing ourselves and our, and our own needs, living in admission. Two, we live fully and, and thrive well by being with others we need 
and being able to attend to their needs too. Can't give what you don't have. And three, giving ourselves to needing a God who created us to need and cares about our needs. I want to say those those again so that we can thrive. One, facing ourselves and our own needs. Two, being with others we need and being able to attend to their needs. Three, giving ourselves to needing a God who created us to need and cares about our needs. All three of those, or or rather, all three of these relationships require that we risk our hearts, for sure. Putting ourselves in a position of vulnerability, putting ourselves in a position of, of wanting to care about another person, putting ourselves in a position of taking a risk of trusting that there is a God who does intimacy. But the alternative to risk is to exist alone. The alternative to this risk is to live isolated. And alone is not a good option. It doesn't make common sense. It doesn't make common sense to live isolated, even though it's understandable. It goes against everything we're created to be like. Most of our problems come from trying to find a way around having to be human. We search for some cure or some substitute to avoid admitting our relational needs. Fame and wealth even is no cure. Some of the most alone people that I have known were famous or wealthy or both. Addiction certainly is no cure, though it temporarily counterfeits intimacy connection and and a sense of well-being for a period of time. Achievement and activity are good. Those are good things, but they only postpone the experience of being alone if you're not capable of being in need, especially if they are used to form of some way of avoiding relational needs. In fact, achievement, addiction, fame, and wealth can be conditions that, that render us like vampires or werewolves. We'll do anything to avoid being like others. In other words, being like ourselves. So even getting married or having children can even leave us alone, ironically and paradoxically, if we think that marriage or children can allow us to avoid our own needs. Being needy is not a weakness. Quite the opposite, needs admitted and genuinely addressed make us strong. They fill us up and they allow us to pour ourselves out uh, caring about others. Then when we are emptied, we refill, we restore, we replenish so we can get on with living well. In other words, by pouring yourself out, it puts you in a position of need. And if you're able to need well, you can refill, replenish, and be able to give some more. Being needy just makes common sense. Being able to be in need and admit your need and get your needs met makes you strong, makes me strong. It makes room for having plenty to share with others. I hope that you will order a copy of The Needs of the Heart and look at the the reality of how commonsensical they are and then practice the three things that can allow you to do neediness well. Face that you have your own needs. Be with others whose needs, uh, who care about your needs and whose needs you care about. And then give yourself to a, a, a God who does intimacy, who you find does care about your needs. So thank you for listening uh, today. I look forward to uh, the second part of this podcast in terms of more about needs. 